Hi, you're listening to the Hope Church Sermon Podcast. At Hope, our mission is to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Now, join us as we listen in on a sermon from last Sunday. It is our hope that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. so much. You guys can go ahead and have a seat. I am so excited to be at Hope Church this morning. Oh my goodness. Hey, I I remember uh, when they told me they were planting Hope Church, and I was a fan of y'all before you became Hope Church. And so I've been fangirling ever since. I watch all the stuff online. I mean, the nice thing is that Pastor Wes and Diana are very connected online. So, I mean, it's fun to watch you guys and all the things happening at Hope Church. And so I've been a fangirl for a long time, and I'm just so glad to be here with you guys. And I'm also just really excited, too, to be with your pastors, Wes and Diana. They have invested in me, and I'm so grateful for them. I know that you've got to be grateful to have them as your pastors. Can we give a round of applause and celebrate them? Man, I'm so glad that I'm here on the right coast because I didn't realize that the West Coast is not the best coast, but I do live in Southern California and I love it there. It's awesome. And, but I'm not from Southern California. As Pastor Wes said, I grew up in the Philippines and I think that's pretty cool. Like anybody from the Philippines in the house? I know, I know we got a couple people who lived there for a minute. Katie and Emily lived there for a minute. And, uh, and so, you know what? The Philippines is awesome. And um, what, something that's really cool is I'm not the only one who grew up in the Philippines. There's another person you might know who grew up in the Philippines, and that is Tim Tebow. That's right. Tim Tebow. Grew, and you're like, wow, I did not know this. That's right. But that's not all. Tim Tebow and I also were born in the same hospital. I, yeah, but that's not all. Tim Tebow and I had the same doctor deliver us. I know, but that's not all. We both have the best athletic ability you can have. So we've just got so many things in common, Tim Tebow and I. It's my claim to fame. I don't think he's told any about, anybody about the school connection. And so, but, uh, but I loved growing up in the Philippines and growing up on the other side of the world, you just spend time on airplanes. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody here fly a lot? I mean, I, I have spent so much of my life on an airplane and I'm, I'm pretty comfortable flying now, but there's one thing when it comes to flying that I just am like, I dread when this happens. And that is when planes get delayed or canceled. Oh, guys, it's the worst. It's the worst. And I remember one time I was flying back from in Dallas and from as my connecting flight to get home. And so we fly into Dallas and that night there were some crazy storms happening in Dallas. And so we land and we run to our gate to try to catch our flight. And we look up and we see those dreaded words canceled. Like they, they have canceled the flight. And so I, I, there was a long line to talk to the person at the desk. And I was like, I'm getting in that line because I am getting a flight home. It may not be this flight, but there is a flight out there and I'm going to find it. And so I went with so much determination. So I was so ready. I knew in the name of Jesus, I was gonna get home that day. And I went and I talked to the person and I was like, listen, it doesn't have to be this flight, but I need a flight home tonight. I'm desperate for this. And she looked at me and said, there are no flights leaving this airport tonight. And I was devastated because I was so ready to get home. I knew that meant I was gonna have to spend the night 
in the Dallas-Fort Worth airport, which is a beautiful place during the day. But at nighttime, y'all, it's the Wild West. We're looking for cots. We're looking for blankets. I mean, it was, I knew the night was not going to be awesome. And so I'm walking away from that conversation thinking like, ugh. Man, what in the world? This is the worst. And this man came up to me because he saw that I had waited in the line and talked to the lady. And he came up to me and he asked me this question. He said, is there any hope? And so I looked at him with as much confidence as I could muster up. And I said, there is no hope. There is no hope. We are stuck here until the morning. This is it. And so like, I'm just like declaring hopelessness everywhere and DFW. And I mean, I was just like so bummed that there was no hope. And you know, as I think about this idea of like, I declared there was hopelessness, there was no hope because I didn't have any hope. And you know, as I think about this idea of hope, that's kind of a funny thing. And it's not the end of the world, although it feels like it in the moment. And it's like, okay, funny experience, we can move on. But the truth is there are people in our lives, there are people in this world, there are people probably in this room who have actually come and said, is there any hope? And it's not something trivial like a flight, it's actually, Huge. I mean, it's something that they're wondering in this grand scheme of life right now, I feel so hopeless that I am just wondering, is there any hope or is this it forever? And you know, as I think about this idea of being hopeless I, and, being, and, and wanting hope, all of us desire hope, don't we? I mean, hope is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And today we are finishing out our series, uh, Bring It, and it's been a great series so far. And today we're talking about bringing hope. And so I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, bring it. it. Now I want you to turn to your second choice and say, bring hope, bring hope. Now say it like you mean it, bring hope. Oh, that sounds amazing. Bring hope. That's right. And you know, my prayer today is that at the end of our time together, that you will have had an experience with the God in heaven who loves you, who has a plan and a purpose for you, and who has hope for you today. And my prayer is that you experience this hope so that you can bring hope to the people in your life, and you can bring hope to the people in your world, and bring hope to the people in the world. And so today, before we even get started, I just want to pray for us, and then we'll get started. Is that all right? Lord, I come to you right now. And I thank you so much for allowing us to gather together. And Lord, I know there's a lot going on in the lives of the people in this room. I don't know everything going on this week in their lives, but you do. I don't know what this season has brought, but you do. And so Lord, right now I come to you and whatever season that they're in, I pray that you would meet them where they're at. Lord, I pray that they would feel seen by the God of the universe today. Lord, I pray that if they're asking this question, is hope, would you show us all that there is hope? And so, Lord, I just pray that you would, uh, would, you would meet us here and that every single person would have an encounter with you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I remember when I first moved to California, it wasn't long after I moved there that I actually got a phone call that I'll never forget. It was a phone call that I was not expecting. It was a phone call that I couldn't have prepared for. It was the phone call from my mom. My mom called me and said, hey, Tiffany, I've got to tell you something. Um, Your dad has suffered a minor heart attack and tomorrow he's going in for open heart surgery. Man, nothing prepares you for a phone call like that. 
I remember just completely being shocked and I was stunned and I didn't know how to process it. And, and as I started to like think about, oh my goodness, this is like, this is my dad. And this is the new reality that 30 seconds ago didn't exist in my head. But now my dad has had a minor heart attack. He's going into open heart surgery. And so I immediately started looking for flights to get back in time to see him before the surgery happened. And I was with a few of my siblings and we began to look at flights and look at flights and we were just crying and looking and, and trying to figure it out. And finally we booked a flight, but it wasn't going to be until after the surgery was going to happen. And as soon as I realized there was no way I was getting to my dad before open heart surgery, I started to realize the gravity of the situation that was happening. I started to realize that in 24 hours, my life could change forever. And I remember just in that moment feeling so hopeless, feeling so helpless, like thinking, God, what's happening? Why are you allowing this to happen? I mean, there's a chance I may never be able to hug my dad again. I don't know what's going on. I, I can't wrap my mind around this. And I just, was, I just felt like I was in this free fall of helplessness and hopelessness. And I have to imagine in a room this size that I'm not the only one who has ever been in a season like that. I'm not the only one who has ever gotten a call that absolutely changed everything or got a diagnosis that changed your world, what's going on in your world, or maybe had a fractured relationship that absolutely rocked you. And, and I don't know what it is that you're going through, but I have to imagine that maybe you remember a season where you felt hopeless like I did in that season, in that moment. Or maybe for some of you, it's not that you remember a season. Maybe right now you are in the season. You are in this season of hopelessness and you're not sure, you're asking the question much like that guy at the airport, is there hope? Is there hope for this? And, and you're asking the question, but, but you kind of already think you know the answer. Like maybe you're here today and you don't actually think there is hope. Like maybe you came to church and you thought, well, I'll come to church, but I don't actually think it's going to be able to help what's going on in my life. Because this thing that's going on in my life, it's so huge, it's so big that there's no way a church service could actually help. There's no way that praying to God could actually help because this is too big for this kind of thing to affect what's going on in my life. And so you start to feel overwhelmed and full of hopelessness. And today I just came to tell you that we have a God who sees you and who knows exactly what you're going through and that he grieves with you for the pain that you are going through right now. And he loves you and he has a plan for you and he has not overlooked your pain, but instead he's come to bring you hope today. And so I'm so excited to share with you about this hope that he has come to bring. You know, today we're gonna be looking at 1 Peter 1 and this book was written by, I, I know this is crazy, Peter. And so um, he, he wrote this book and he named it First Peter. And that's incredible. If, I were, if, if it was me writing this book, I would name it First Tiffany. So I'm like, this is incredible um, just right off the bat. And so Peter is writing to a group of people. He's writing to this group of people who are going through a really, really hard time. They're, they're just, they're, it's a hopeless season. That's really the only way that you can describe to this group of people. And as Peter is writing this letter, I wonder if Peter is, as he like takes the pen and starts writing the letter, I wonder if he's thinking, all right, I know who's gonna read this. I know what's going on in their lives. 
What, what is it that they need to hear? What is it that could actually help them in this season, that could carry them through the season? And so he decides to pen this letter about something that he thinks could actually carry them through the season. He decides to write this letter that actually is something that could change everything for them, something that is powerful. He decides to write this letter about hope. And so he writes this letter to them to remind them that there is hope. You know, hope is a beautiful word, isn't it? Right now, well, let's just all say hope. Ready? One, two, three. Doesn't that sound good? How about one more time? Everybody say hope. Oh, man, that word. It's just like, there's just something about hope. We love hope. There's power in hope. And as humans, we long for hope. We want to hold on to hope. In fact, we put the word hope on walls. We put the word hope on t-shirts and on bookmarks. And we love the word hope. But as we think about hope, most of us think about hope as like this elusive optimism, you know? Like, well, I hope I won't hit traffic. I hope whatever it might be. And so it's like hope doesn't really carry that much weight. Or maybe we think of it as a wish. Like, I hope this happens or whatever it is. And so we think about this as like, it's beautiful. It sounds incredible. It's on the wall. It's on my shirt, but like, does it carry any weight? And the truth is, if hope is just optimism or a wish, then it doesn't really carry any weight. We can't put our trust in this hope. And if this is the kind of hope that Peter's writing about, it doesn't help these people at all. But this is not the hope that Peter is talking about. In fact, Peter is talking about a hope that if we change the definition, instead of optimism and a wish to what he's talking about, it actually could change everything. He's talking about a living hope. And this is what he says in verse three. He says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. You are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. See, Peter, what he's doing is he's reminding them that hope is possible, possible because hope is actually Jesus. Our hope is living and alive because Jesus is living and alive. And if this is true for them, then it is true for us today. If he knew that they, he, they needed to be reminded that hope is possible because hope is Jesus, it's a living hope, then we need to be reminded that hope is possible because it's this living, breathing hope that is Jesus. And Peter reminds them of what Jesus has done for them. And he's reminding us of what Jesus has done for us. I mean, this hope is so powerful. Jesus loves you and me so much that he came down to this earth to live a perfect life and then to die on a cross and he carried your sin and my sin and he defeated death and the grave. He rose again three days later and now we can be reconciled to God. We can have hope because of the price that was paid because Jesus paid for our sin. And now we can celebrate that even if we do meet death, even if we do meet the grave, we can still have hope. Why? Because we serve a Jesus who has defeated death and the grave and sin. And now we celebrate this living, breathing hope. This is what Peter writes in this chapter. And this is what we are talking about today is we have this amazing hope. 
And you know, the only way we can access it, it's not when we work hard enough or try hard enough or whatever it might be. The only way we can access it is in Romans 10, 9. It says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so that's how we have this hope. And this next verse I love, and this is my prayer for every single person in this room today. And it's Ephesians 1.18. It says this, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are rich in glorious inheritance. You see, Peter's reminding us of this confident hope and this confident hope, it's actually not because you're good enough. It's not because you're connected enough or strong enough or smart enough or anything like that. This confident hope is in Jesus. And if Jesus is alive, our hope can be alive. And so today we celebrate that we can have hope because of this incredible God in heaven, because of Jesus. And so before we can even bring hope, we have to find hope. I couldn't tell that guy that I had hope because I didn't have hope to give in the airport. But today, the only way that you and I can actually bring hope to others is if we first find this hope. And so I am so excited that we're talking about this hope that is Jesus, this hope that is alive. And what's amazing is when we find this hope, then all of a sudden our eternity is secure. We can know what's gonna happen in the life to come. And so we don't have to be scared of death because we know that we are safe and we've got hope after this life, which is amazing. But here's the, here's the thing. We might have hope after this life is done, but what about right now? Like, is there hope possible right now? Or do we have to suffer through this life till we die and go to heaven and have hope there? Well, see, Peter knew that we would be tempted to think that that's the only type of hope we have. And so he continues and he writes this because he knows that our eternity is secure, but right now we live in a broken world and we need hope right now. And so he writes this, he says this, you rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials. So that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which through perishable is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though not seeing him, you believe him. And you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Now, this sounds kind of like countercultural. This sounds kind of crazy that he would say that this is something that we can actually celebrate, that there's value in the trials that we're going through. And Peter, what he's not doing is he's not trivializing the pain that we're going through right now. If you're in the middle of a trial right now, if you're in the middle of a battle, if you are reeling with pain, he's not saying, hey, you know what? That's no big deal. Get over it. He's not doing that. He's not minimizing your pain. God sees your pain and he hates that you're going through this pain. Instead of minimizing your pain, what he's doing is he's magnifying who God is and what he can do in the middle of your pain. You know, as I think back to that day that I got that call saying that my dad had a heart attack and was going to open heart surgery, I remember we, we bought the tickets, we began to pack our bags and then we headed to LAX. And Our flight wasn't gonna be for hours and hours, but we didn't know what to do. We just headed that way. And so as we were on our way to LAX, we uh, remembered 
that we had before all of this, all of the phone call things happened and stuff like that. We actually had plans to go to LA to uh, to watch to be a part of this concert for Phil Wickham. Phil Wickham is like this uh, worship leader, and we sing lots of his songs. and And he had this concert in LA, and we had planned to go, but then all of a sudden we got the call that changed everything. And so as we were driving to LA, my brother said, "Hey, we should go to the concert." And I was like, "What? You're crazy! Are you kidding me? Like..." Do you know what's going on? And he's like, yeah, but what are we going to do? We've got hours and hours. And I was like, we can't go to the concert. And he's like, what do you think we should do? And I was like, I'll tell you what we should do. We should go to LAX. We should check in. We should sit there and wait. And we should cry. That's the only thing we can do. I don't know what else to do. And so we go back and forth a little bit, and he finally convinces us that we need to just go to the concert. And so we go to the concert, and we're singing, and we're singing these incredible worship songs about how God defeated death and the grave. And let me tell you, those songs meant so much more in that moment because of the moment that I was living. And I remember thinking as I was worshiping, God, I know you've defeated death and the grave but please don't let my dad be there right now. Please, please save him, please save him. And, and as we were, I would be worshiping and then crying and begging God to save him and then worshiping and crying and begging God to save him. And we had orchestrated a time for us to all FaceTime before he went to bed that night. And so we got the text that he was ready. And so there were a few of my siblings in Missouri with my dad and then a few of us in California. And so we stepped right outside into the lobby where we could still hear what was going on. And, um, and we stepped out and we got on FaceTime and I saw his face. Oh man, I remember seeing his face and thinking, this could be the last time that I ever see my dad's face. I mean, this could be the last time that I ever get to hear his voice. This could be the last time that I ever get to talk to him. And I remember just being overwhelmed with grief at like what could happen. And we were praying and asking God to save him. And as we were praying in this moment of despair, this song started to, to just resonate throughout the, the whole building. And it was a song that says, for all of your goodness is like a well running over. In all my days, I'm gonna sing about your goodness. And I remember as I heard that song, I, it, was just like, it was just like getting sung over us in this moment of pain and uncertainty. And I remember in that moment saying, God, this is my song for this moment. Whether you save him, I'm gonna declare you're good. And if you don't save him, it's gonna be really, really hard, but I'm gonna declare that you're good because you're so much bigger than the circumstance that I am living. You're so much bigger than a death that would cause me to be devastated. You're so much bigger than this moment. And so in this moment, I'm begging you to save him, but I'm trusting you either way. And it was, it was such a, an incredible moment where God met me before he did, before I even knew it was gonna happen. And you know, God wants to meet you in the moment. He wants you to know that his goodness is like a well running over. And it can be well with you, even if it's not well in your circumstances. It is possible for it to be well with you. And so we prayed and we asked God to help. And I'm so, so excited and grateful to tell you that he did save my dad. He did save my dad. And I celebrate that. But you know, as I think about these moments that rock us, like this moment rocked me, like this season has rocked you or whatever it might be, 
Sometimes we can be surprised that we're going through a hard time. We can be surprised that things are not going the way that we thought. We're like, why is that happening? Why is that happening? And it's almost like it's different than what we thought was gonna happen. But the thing is, Jesus actually says that in this world, you will have trouble. It, we shouldn't be surprised when we have trouble, but that's not the end of that verse. He actually says, but take heart because I've overcome the world. So he doesn't say you're gonna live a trouble-free life. Instead, he says, I actually am gonna be with you and I have overcome the world. I am in charge of this whole thing. And so we need to change our perspective. Peter's trying to help us change our perspective to know that yes, we are going to go through suffering, but if we go through it with God, then all of a sudden we can, we can actually see God do something in it. It can make us stronger. Every time I go through a trial and God shows up for me and I get to tell somebody else about it, I get stronger in my faith. Every time this happens, it actually makes me better. I realize, oh wow, this didn't take me out, so this won't take me out. And then this probably won't take me out. And y'all, I know another thing is gonna come, but I know also that it won't take me out because God has proven himself over and over and over again. And this is what he is talking about. So we can actually rejoice when trouble happens. I know that's crazy, but it's possible. And the only way it's possible is to actively choose joy. See, a lot of us, we find joy and we say, okay, Jesus, I'm, I'm all in. I can't, I'm, I'm accepting you as my savior. And when I get to heaven, I'm gonna have all of the hope I can, I can have. But right now, everything I'm trying to manage, it's on me. But see, we need to actively always choose joy. It's available to us. But see, so many of us, we treat joy like a Planet Fitness membership. We have access to it, we just don't use it. You know, and we need to be on purpose to try to not navigate life apart from this hope that he has. You know, I remember when I was in a season um, where I was like, God, please help me, get me out of this. It was a season where I was working and I, for this boss who was just awful to me and everybody else. And I mean, he was gaslighting us and he was, he was just, uh, it was just such a hard time like to navigate everything that was going on. He just was not doing a great job leading us and it made our lives miserable. And I remember just begging God, God, would you rescue me? God, would you rescue me? Would you get me out of this situation? I don't get it. I felt like you were calling me here. And now this is not what I thought. Can you please help me? Can you get me out of this job? I don't know what to do. And you know what he did? He was so gracious to not change my circumstances right away. Instead, he showed me that he could do something so much better. He actually said, hey, I know you wanna get out of this. I know that the only way you think hope is actually gonna exist is for this to end, but I'm gonna show you that I'm so powerful, I don't actually have to change the circumstances around you in order to give you hope within you. And so he, he showed up and in this season, it's like he stepped into the fire with me and he said, hey, I know this is so hard. I know that you feel like hope is only on the other side of what you're asking me for, but I wanna let you know hope is possible right now because I'm here with you. And there are some of you right now who are living a life where you are like, God, hope is only possible once you answer this prayer request. But I want you to know that hope is possible today. Hope is possible today because you serve a God who is alive and who is active and who is with you in the fire. Even in it, hope is possible. And it's possible for us to choose hope. And see, once we find hope, once we choose hope, that's when we can bring hope. And today, my prayer is that you embrace this hope that is given to you so that you can go and you can give this hope to other people. 
Now, there are some of you who are sitting in a seat because somebody invited you to church, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you why they invited you here. Are you ready for it? Because they've experienced this incredible hope in Jesus, and they want that for you too. They don't want you to live a life that's hopeless. They want you to live this life that is full of hope, that is full of joy, that is full of peace. This is possible today, even before the circumstances in your life changes. And that is what we get to celebrate. So how do we bring hope to people? You know, when I think about the idea of bringing hope to people, you know, when we discover amazing things, it just naturally spills out of us to tell other people. You know, like when you go to a great restaurant, you're like, I gotta tell you about this restaurant, it's amazing. You tell people about it. It's just natural spill out of what's going on in your life and what you've experienced. When you see an amazing movie, you go and you tell people about it. When you saw Spider-Man, I guarantee you told people it was incredible. You know, Tobey Maguire's not like, hey, do you mind just telling them it's pretty good? No, you just did it because it was an overflow of your experience. Y'all, that's what bringing hope is all about. We don't have to focus so much on bringing hope, bringing hope, bringing hope. All we have to focus on is finding hope and choosing hope. And it's just gonna spill out into every arena of our life. Every room that we walk in will be better because we are bringing hope. Every neighborhood that we live in will be better because we're bringing hope. Every work place will be better because we're bringing hope. Why are we bringing hope? Because it's in us. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. This is the hope that is alive and at work in our life. It's an incredible, incredible thing. So who in your life needs this living hope? My question for you is, who is it? Write it down. Ask the Lord to bring those people to your mind. Write it down. Start praying for them. Look for opportunities to share how God has actually given you hope. Share your story with people. Invite them to church with you. This is, this is so important. We can't just hold on to this hope by ourselves. We've got to bring it. We've got to bring it to other people. And that can be a little bit um, overwhelming, can't it? To think, man, i got to bring this hope. I mean... I, I feel the weight of what's going on in my friend's life and to bring the hope, I mean, what, like, I don't feel strong enough to do that. And I understand that, but let me just take the pressure off. You didn't create the hope. You're just delivering the hope. And so you can go with boldness saying, hey, there is this hope that could change your life because it's not on you. You're just the person bringing it. And so today, I'm just going to pray that God would anoint the people of Hope Church to not just find hope, choose hope, but to bring hope to Winter Garden, because I believe that there are people who are desperate to hear this living hope that could change their life. Lord, I love you so much. I thank you that you are a living, active hope. Lord, I thank you that you don't leave us to just do life by ourselves and try to figure it out. But instead you say, I know, you are in tr I know you're in pain. I know you're in a troubling situation, but guess what? I'm here and I'm with you and I'm bigger than that. And so Lord, I pray that you would just meet every single person here where they're at. I pray that they would encounter you and that they would leave this place remembering that there is hope that is available to them today. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Hope Church, please feel free to visit us at hopewintergarden.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We hope you have a blessed day.